Welcome to the Lost Then Found Podcast. This is a space where we discuss life, share truth, and gain an encouraging perspective, no matter our season or our circumstance. I am your host, China Vogel, and this is a peek into my personal journey of being lost then found. Welcome to the Lost Then Found podcast. I am China, your host, and I am so excited to dive into this week's topic with you. So last week in episode six, we talked about the Israelites going into the promised land. So the story goes that they crossed over the Jordan River and went into the promised land. And once they arrived, they ended up having to have a lot of battles and a lot of in turn, victories uh, to take a hold of that area that God had promised them. And as I was working through preparing for last week's episode, I was so struck with how there's some parallels here, not only from this beautiful story of deliverance that God did for the Israelites, but that's our story too, right? And the grander scheme of things, that that's my story and that's your story. And that all of creation there, the land, the formations of the water, how things are located and positioned, all of it points to a greater narrative of God and his heart for us and his heart for you. You know, Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hand. And that all of creation is singing this story because it's all by the same hand, right? All It all points back to the creator and all of earth is proclaiming who God is. And that's what we're going to look at today. So as we dive into this, we're going to take note on a few things. So if you haven't listened to episode six, it would be helpful for you to go back and listen. But if you don't have time for that, stick with us and I'll do my best to tie it all in here. So first off, if we look at a map, we see that there is the Sea of Galilee, which is a little further north, and that ends up flowing down and turning into the Jordan River and then eventually turning into the Dead Sea. And something that was super interesting out of this is that Jordan lies in between two, they call them tectonic plates. So it's two pieces of earth (laughs) that butt up together and they end up calling this the Jordan Rift Valley. There's some key landmarks in here that we want to look at. So the Sea of Galilee, some things to note, it's freshwater, major source of life for that area for fishing, for water. And this is actually where Jesus did a lot of his earthly ministry was in that body of water and in the that area. And then we have the Dead Sea, which is further south, right? Dead Sea meaning is defined as the Sea of Salt. It's literally barren. (laughs) Uh, It can't sustain plants. It can't sustain animals. And I found it interesting that that's like the lowest land on earth, that that the shores of the Dead Sea, it's 1300 feet below sea level, and that's the lowest place in all of earth. Then there's uh, this place as you move down the Jordan River from the Sea of Galilee, and it's called Al-Maktas, if I'm saying that right. And something super important to note is that it's about two miles north of the Dead Sea, and this spot is on the east bank of the Jordan. And there's two key events that happened here, and I don't think it's a coincidence. So first off, this is where the Israelites crossed uh, to enter into the Promised Land. They approached the the Jordan from the east side, and 
stepped foot in, the Lord parted the waters, made dry ground for them to walk on for like an extended amount of time, and they crossed over on dry ground every single last person. The the second major thing that happened there is this is actually where Jesus's ministry started. This is the same spot where John the Baptist baptized Jesus. That blew my mind because uh, this is where his ministry was set in motion. And so then there's this journey that the Israelites took to to take hold of the promised land. So this journey is important to note because as they went in, they not only conquered Jericho, but Jericho was the first place that they went. They marched around it seven times and the walls came tumbling down, right? And then they continued on and conquered city after city and king after king to take hold of the whole, like it was a pretty massive area uh, to take hold of it and to take hold of that promise that God had given them that, hey, no, your descendants will live on this land. It will be yours. And some beautiful is that as they took possession of that land, so they started obviously a few miles north of the Dead Sea, and then they ended up working their way up uh, from south to north to head up towards the Sea of Galilee. And friends, I just, as I was preparing last week, I couldn't help but to see some correlations here uh, between how God was making a way for the Israelites in the book of Joshua and how God has, in the, like I said, in the bigger picture, made a way for you and I. So we're going to connect some dots here. So to start off with, so the Jordan separated the Israelites from God's promised land, right? And that is actually very similar to how we are separated from God's promise for us, that God wanted relationship with us, but we had something standing between us and him, and it's our sin, right? That stood in the way of us being able to be in relationship with him because we're sinful by nature, and God, being who he is, he's perfect and he's holy. So naturally, there's a very clear divide there, right? But friend, God cared too much for you and too much for me to leave us sitting on that East Bank, (laughs) sitting with our sin, He cared too much to leave his people short of the promised land in the book of Joshua. So what did God do? God, like he does, he made a way. God uh, ended up parting the waters for the Israelites, like we talked about, parted it so that way water stopped flowing. Israelites crossed over on dry ground and they they came across the obstacle, which was impassable. Like the, the river was at flood stage, like there would have been no way they could have gotten across without supernatural intervention. And the same's for us. There's no amount of striving or making our home look like better homes and gardens or putting on the right thing or going to church and doing all the the stuff. There's no amount of works that could have gotten us over the divide of our sin to get to God. Isaiah 59 actually says, but your iniquities, your sins have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he actually can't hear you. That's uh, That just kind of makes it a little more clear, right? That it's not like... He's um, even within earshot <laughs> anymore, right? Like our sin actually created such a divide where there there was no possible way, friend. But God, God made a way. He made a way for the Israelites and he made a way for you and for myself here. And how did God do that? God sent Jesus. Well, who's Jesus? Jesus was God's son, his only one and only son. And he sent him to earth from heaven to make a way for you and I to be able to cross over that impassable obstacle, to cross over our sin and for us to step into the promises that God has for us. 
Jesus was an atoning sacrifice, an atoning meaning that we could be made right, that we could be washed clean, that our debt was paid, that the the wrongs, the sin was made right (laughs) before God, and therefore we could come into relationship with Him. Jesus was that cleansing. Jesus was that atonement that was sent for us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, you and I, but the entire world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And then in 1 John 2.2, it says, He Himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not just for our sins, but also for the sins of the entire world. Friend, He didn't, uh, something that blows my mind that we just can't comprehend in our human capacity is that Jesus, because he came and he died on a cross, that he was perfect, that he was holy, but he willingly came and was crucified. And through that act, he ended up being the sacrificial offering that paid the debt that we couldn't pay. That wasn't just, that was for you. That was for me. Like Jesus thought of you when he was on the cross. He thought of me when he was on the cross. But something that blows my mind is that he was actually bearing the weight of the world. The The entire sin of the world was on his shoulders. I can't even get my head around that. And he still said yes. So that way we would have the chance to say, no, I want to be in relationship with God. And so then this begs the question, what is our promised land? You know, the Israelites, they had physical land. They had dirt and soil that God said it was going to be a land flowing with milk and honey, a really great place for them, that they were coming out of this captivity, that they had been in slavery for generations upon generations, and that God was bringing them back to the original intention, which was for them to be free and for them to be in relationship with Him. And friend, that's true for us, that our promised land is that we get to be in relationship with Him, that He has promises for us that are sweet as honey, (laughs) that He has good things for us, that He has freedom, that He's provided forgiveness and healing and has a purpose for us on the other side of that river. And so by us accepting that Jesus came and he died for me, that he is my savior and he saved me by what he did, that he made a way for me to access my promised land. And I can access that by his power, by the act that he did, that he did alone, not that I had anything to do with it. And that's so we could have a relationship, right? John 1.12 says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right. He gave the right to become children of God. For everyone who accepts him, we can be children of God. And friend, as children of God, we have an inheritance just like on the earth today that grandparents die, parents die. There's naturally, generally an inheritance that comes from that. And we have the same thing in our spiritual life, that we have this inheritance this promised land that we get access to by stepping into the fact that we are sons and daughters. And we become sons and daughters by accepting that, no, Jesus did do that for me, by recognizing that fact and letting it take hold of our hearts. So we take hold of the promise. How do we do that? You know, when we start on this journey of accepting Jesus, we start a journey where we accept him as our savior. And then we begin this process of being sanctified. And sanctified means to be set apart. And another version of the definition actually says to bring safely through. 
which is so ironic when we're talking about crossing over this divide, how the Israelites crossed over this impassable um, body of water, this impassable river, but know that God brought them safely through. That's what he does. <laughs> and so that's what Jesus has for us, right? That through this process of being sanctified, we are grabbing hold of that saving grace of that salvation. And as we learn to grab a hold of that inheritance, we're working towards taking hold of all that God has promised us. Just like the Israelites, they were also on that journey, right? Where they started at Jericho and with each victory, they grabbed hold of more and more of that promise. And so it goes with us. And ironically, as the Israelites conquered more and more territory, they moved from the Dead Sea, which was an area with no life, and they moved towards an area where Jesus had ministered towards the Sea of Galilee, which is full of fresh living water. And scripture talks about how he is the living water, that it is life, like it is nourishment to our souls. And friends, that's available to us. That the more that we walk this thing out and we learn to walk in freedom and walk with him and conquer the things he wants us to conquer, we're stepping into that inheritance that God has given us. And then we move in the process, we're moving further away from our own sin and our own death, because sin is death, and we're moving towards Jesus and the life that he offers. And that's what Jesus is, the whole point of Jesus was, his ministry, what he came to do. He leads us from death to life. And just as Jesus's ministry was, there was this flowing down through the Jordan River into the Dead Sea. And that's what Jesus is, what he did, his act of love towards us, that he went and carried that cross and bore our sin and bore our shame, that he willingly stepped in our place to be the atonement for us. That's what that ministry does to us, that there's this life that flows down from that connection we have to him, and it flows to the dead parts of our soul, <laughs> and it flows to the dead parts of our life, and it brings new life to those areas. And this is our testimony as believers, that Jesus loves you. If you don't know this, I am so glad I get to be the one to tell you. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Jesus came and he died for you. So that way you could have relationship with him. And that kind of love, that kind of crazy, I'm not even worthy of that kind of act of love is available to you. It's already um, been paid for. So regardless of what your yesterday looked like, what regardless of what your life has looked like, by his grace and his love, his ability, his crazy love. He said, that one's mine and I'm paying for it. And I actually just heard a song that said, the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said, you are mine. And friend, he did that, that there's this death, there's this battle going on for your soul. And Jesus bought and paid for you, but you still have free will on the other side of that to choose uh, to walk with him or to walk away from him. And so I want to encourage you, Ephesians says it, it says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace, his grace that we were saved. So friend, life is far better. If, if you have been on this earth for any amount of time, I'm sure you've tasted what death feels like, maybe not literal death, but like 
You've tasted the bitterness of our sin. You've tasted the bitterness of other people's sin, of your own sin. And I just want to tell you, God sent Jesus and he paid, he paid for it. He paid that debt, the debt that we owed, that we didn't have the funds to pay. <laughs> Jesus bridged the gap so that way our sin and our failure are washed away. And he made a way where there was no possible way for us to get to him. And we get to pass over into his good promise for us. So Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved. It's through your faith. And it's meaning by your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It's not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. We're created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Friend God, it's by His grace. <laughs> It's by his love. It's by what Jesus did that we could even come to him. And by us saying in faith, no, I accept what Jesus did for me. Jesus, I don't even know how to walk out the next step, but Lord, I trust you. I trust that you did this for me and I want this kind of life. I don't want death anymore. I want to live for you. That's available. And the good news is, is that Christ, like it said, in Jesus Christ, we have been predestined to do good works. Like he's prepared stuff for you to do that you can't even imagine yet. But it us to be able to walk that out means us walking out our uh, salvation, walking and being sanctified. And I'm so grateful that this is my story, that I'm still on this journey of conquering things and having victories and learning to let him lead and you can too. This is available for everyone. I'm not unique in that. I'm not special in that. Jesus loves me, but it is available for everyone. So I'm going to pray for you. And regardless of where you're at, whether you've been walking with the Lord for decades or whether this is brand new to you, like maybe you know about church and you know about religion, but this concept of Jesus loves me. Jesus died for me. That Jesus saw me and said, No, that one's mine. Then, regardless of where you fit in that spectrum, this is for us because we need to not forget what He's done for us. We keep it fresh. We remind ourselves and we say, Thank you, God. And that's how we operate in that inheritance. That's how we grab hold of that by not forgetting what He's done. That's how we tap into that power and that authority that He's given us as sons and daughters. So I'm going to pray over you that we would just grab hold of this in a new way, in a deeper way, regardless of where we've been, regardless of how long we've been walking with Jesus or if we haven't at all. So Jesus, I just thank you for each and every person listening. And God, that is my prayer. That's my prayer that if someone's been walking with you for their entire life, God, that this would be just as fresh for them as someone who's saying for the very first time, no, Jesus, you love me. (laughs) Jesus, you died for me. You chose me. I pray it would be that fresh, that fresh regardless of where the the other side of this, the, the person on the other side of this microphone is, wherever they find themselves. God, that that would become a fresh thing, that that's available for them in this moment right now. 
God, regardless of what our history has looked like, God, that you have good things in store for us and we can willingly choose to take what you've done for us and to walk into our promised land, to walk into the thing that you've prepared in advance for us to do. And God, I pray that if there's anyone out there, anyone listening who hasn't made that declaration to say, you know what? No, Jesus is my savior. Jesus saved me. I want to live for him. Then friend, that's all that it takes. It's a matter of the heart. And he knows he can see it all. It's laid bare before him. Scripture talks about that, that it's laid bare before him. He knows everything that's in our hearts and in our thoughts. So all you have to do is say, Jesus, I accept you. Jesus, I see that you died for me and that you paid for me. God, help me to live for you. Show me the way forward. God, I, I, I set aside my sin and the death that comes with it. And Lord, I want all that you have for me, all that you paid for, all that you've prepared for me to do. Lord, I take hold of these things. And I trust you that you're going to lead me to good land, to good soil flowing with milk and honey. And Jesus, I just pray for peace. God, that once again, that, that song lyric, that what the enemy, when the enemy thought he had me, that whatever the enemy might be trying to speak over people right now, Lord, we just silence the enemy. He has no authority here because Jesus is king. He actually wins at the end of the day. (laughs) So if there's lies, if there's any, um, if the accuser's accusing right now, I pray that that voice would just be silenced in the name of Jesus. And that by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would speak so clearly to the hearts that are listening. Lord, we love you. We say thank you for what you did for us. Help us to walk in more victory and more freedom. God, that we would be taking hold of the promised land, that we wouldn't be passively floating through life. But God, that we would be aggressively taking hold of each new territory and each new victory so we can have all that you've planned for us to have. Lord, we love you. We say thank you. And we trust that you're going to lead us well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, I love you. Um, If you happen to have decided to to make Jesus and accept Jesus as your Savior today, please let me know. I really felt so strongly that that was for someone, and uh, that would just be um, an encouragement to my heart. Uh, So, friends, I love you. I pray that this would just be an encouragement and wind in your sails that there's more, there's more territory to be taken and that, uh, by the power of Jesus Christ and what he did, that's available to us. So I love you. I'm praying you have a blessed rest of your week and we will see you next Tuesday.